0: Lots of bickering, backbiting, and blaming one another, lawmakers on Capitol Hill have finally reached a deal on a second round of coronavirus federal stimulus uh, to the tune of 900 billion dollars. Lawmakers are actually expected to vote on the bill today. Included in the bill, 284 billion dollars for paycheck paycheck protection. Uh, there's also an extension of unemployment benefits, uh, small business grants, and of course those direct stimulus payments to you and me. Uh, a lot of folks need that money and are very much looking forward to it. But I want to get an education on stimulus conceptually. How does it work? Why does it work? What works best? What doesn't work? So I've got an expert for us to talk to this week. His name is Sean Snaith. He's a well-known economist. He's also the director of UCF's Institute for Economic Forecasting. And I wanted to start off my conversation with Dr. Snaith on just getting an education on what federal stimulus is.
1: Well, I mean, I think there's two types of action uh, from from the federal government in terms of... uh, stimulating the economy in in, uh, times of recession or or points in the economy where we might be slipping into recession. And uh, those two policies are uh, fiscal policy, which deals with uh, government spending uh, purchases or transfer payments uh, and tax policy. And then uh, alongside fiscal policy, we have monetary policy, which the Federal Reserve Bank, Uh, orchestrates and carries out and that has to do with uh, intervening in financial markets and ways to help lower interest rates when you're trying to stimulate the economy or uh, in the Great Recession and in this uh, COVID-19 recession uh, the Fed went beyond just uh, lowering interest rates to to near zero. Uh, They purchased a variety of, of assets Uh, to help provide additional liquidity to financial markets.
0: And and in your opinion, is federal stimulus stimulus an effective way to shore up a fledgling economy? And, 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 you know, what's different this go around?
1: Well, uh, well, you know, uh, there's not 100% consensus on that. You know, there there are those that think that, uh, you know, markets should be left... Their own devices, and and in fact, you know, market-based economy does have a you know self-healing mechanism within it to to pull itself out of uh, out of a recession. Uh, but I think the the crux of the the difference on whether the government should be activist or, or passive in terms of the economy, you know, comes down to how long does it take for the economy to self-correct, and you know how much. Uh, economic and social suffering might uh, be inflicted uh, while we wait for the economy to heal itself. So, um, you know, the the, the policies uh, are, are are never perfect uh, in terms of fiscal or monetary policy. There there are mistakes made, unintended consequences. But you know, generally speaking, um, you know, have we not taken the actions? Uh, in 2008, 2009, and and recently with the COVID uh, recession, um, those economic downturns would have been more severe.
0: Well, and I think it's important to point out that that in the case of the Great Recession, the fundamentals of the economy were not strong. The fundamentals of the economy were really uh, in jeopardy. Whereas in this case, the only reason the economy has slowed down was because of the lockdowns and the shutdowns ordered by the government. So the fundamentals of the economy are still strong.
1: Well, that's correct. This uh, this COVID-19 recession uh, was in, in many ways uh, self-inflicted. Uh, as you mentioned, it was the lockdowns and the closures that, that plunged the U.S. economy uh, in the second quarter into a, uh, an even deeper recession than what we saw in 2008-2009. In so this you know, 2008, 2009, uh, you know, the seeds for that, uh, the great recession, you know, were, were sown, you know, within the, the economy itself. Uh, I mean, policy played a role, but, uh, you know, ultimately it was, um, you know, the housing bubble and in particular, the, the easy finance, uh, of housing that, uh, that created the the, uh, the the tumor, if you will, that ultimately grew and um, plunged the economy into recession. You know this this time around with COVID-19, you know the government, uh, you know via public health measures, uh, effectively just turned the economy off in many sectors. In in those so-called uh, non-essential sectors, they were ordered to to shut down, and so. Uh, instantaneously, you know those affected businesses uh, stopped producing all goods and services, uh, and so that uh, obviously is going to cause the total amount of goods and services GDP in the economy to contract, and it did quite severely.
0: And one of the major components of the the first stimulus bill passed in March and the and the new one that that Congress has agreed to in terms is the Paycheck Protection Program. This latest uh, round of stimulus calling for 284 billion dollars. Without going into too much detail, how does the payment, the Paycheck Protection Program, keep some of these small businesses afloat during this time?
1: Right. Well, you know, uh, the, the pandemic was uh, you know, never going to spell the end of companies like Disney or Delta Airlines. They they were going to emerge uh, on the other side of this pandemic one way or another, but you know, these are large companies that would have cash reserves that have uh, easier access to capital markets that, you know, a, a family-run uh, restaurant or a, a clothing resale shop uh, doesn't have. You know, they, they're they not sitting on large amounts of cash that they could draw down on um, after they'd been shut down. So this uh, protection program, uh, paycheck protection program, you know, allowed these companies to get access to funds that would help them, you know, continue to keep people on their payrolls and continue to, uh, you know, remain solvent, uh, as the lockdowns persisted. And now as you know, we're moving out of that lockdown phase by and large to help them, uh, steady their businesses as demand uh, recovers.
0: Now, I know we're still in the pandemic and a lot of businesses are still kind of measuring the impacts from all this, but have we seen a positive result from the first round of stimulus keeping some of these companies uh, running?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I, you know, it's it, it, it's uh, it was not a perfect solution and it certainly didn't save everyone. Um, you know, we're going to see a significant number uh, across the country, of small businesses that have, have, uh, have closed up shop. And then, you know, particular restaurants, I think, have been hardest hit. That's a, a very challenging industry in, in, in the best of days. Uh, but when you're shut down or limited uh, in terms of capacity or having customers indoors at all, uh, you know, th- these businesses uh, are, are really going to struggle um, to survive uh, for, for much longer
0: another major component of the package is going to be a federal supplement to the unemployment for folks uh, by way of 100 uh, 300 uh talk to me about the impact from you know the federal government infusing cash to an unemployment system that already exists how do we I mean, it just seems kind of odd you're getting you know so many different uh sources of unemployment from the state federal government that sort of thing how does that all play together
1: right well you know the the unemployment uh, insurance programs can vary uh state by state and uh you know in in florida uh, you know in particular the, the amount of money um that's paid out uh through the unemployment insurance system is is you know not enough to to replace uh for for you know most people um what their income would have been had they been able to continue to work so uh, the supplement from the federal government and the cares act, uh, the first go round and now this latest uh, stimulus is, is piled on top of that uh, state- based uh, unemployment insurance uh, payments and so you know it provides an extra uh, financial uh, support uh, to those uh, workers and, and families who are still uh, who are still struggling in terms of the labor market and who have not been able to. Uh, go back to work um, since this pandemic started.
0: And let's talk about the direct uh, payments to folks uh, in the form of $1,200 direct stimulus payments back in February. They've scaled that down to $600 for individuals and then an additional $600 per child. Uh, Conceptually, explain to me how infusing uh, American citizens with that kind of cash, how does that prop up the economy?
1: Well, again, uh, I, I haven't seen the details in terms of who's going to be eligible for uh, these, these direct payments. Uh, hopefully, um, you know, unlike the CARES Act, which you know, was, was done, uh, you know, completed and passed in, in really record time uh, by Washington, D.C. standards, but that, um, you know, that speed, uh, there was a trade-off uh, in the CARES Act, in terms of precision, so there were people that whose jobs and income were not you know necessarily impacted by the shutdowns or or, or the pandemic that were that we receiving these checks so hopefully this new round gets to those who need it the most, and the way that it helps is that you know when you provide these payments uh to households um, you know that represents disposable income, which means that's income that they can use. <laughs> to spend on goods and services, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, to buy groceries or help pay utility bills or pay rent or make a car payment. So that uh, that money, especially for those who need it, uh, gets re-spent in the economy and, and, and sort of ripples out, uh, you know, creating additional uh, economic activity throughout the economy.
0: You know, and I think one of the one of the long term ramifications we're going to see of all this is the shrinking middle class. And and at least in my experience, it seems like if you were in good shape financially before the onset of the pandemic, you are in relatively good shape now. Whereas if you lived paycheck to paycheck, maybe you had one of those low wage jobs in the in the service sector, that sort of thing. You know, a lot of people have just been wiped out by this.
1: Yeah, this is uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, the burden of these lockdowns uh, and, and the recessions that they caused, the recession that it caused uh, has disproportionately been borne by, uh, you know, the lower 30, 35 of, percent of households in terms of income levels. Uh, you know, these are the people that don't have the luxury of, uh, you know, sitting at home, uh, doing their job uh, from a keyboard. Uh, you know, these are people that have to go to a specific location to work. Their jobs are more hands-on. Uh, and so, you know, those are the folks that uh, were most likely to be, you know, the victims of layoffs when bars and restaurants and, <clears throat> and other leisure and hospitality type uh, establishments, uh, you know, were 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 impacted and, and started to, uh, you know, either shut down or or greatly reduce uh, the number of people that they kept on staff. And know, it's doubly tragic because, you know, if we roll back time to February, uh, these were the households that were doing the best in terms of income growth. They were seeing the fastest growth of all households in terms of wages and salaries, because. Uh, The labor market was uh, in an incredibly strong place with unemployment less than three percent here in Florida, lower still in central Florida. And so, uh, you know, the the, the decision to do these shutdowns and then in particular to keep them in place for as long as they did, uh, you know, really hurt uh, this lower third of of, uh, U.S. households.
0: You know, and I may not be reading the right analyses of these uh, the federal stimulus debate, but I think the question that, that really needs to be asked is, how in the heck are we going to pay for all this stuff? I remember when we were doing the quantitative easing, uh, you know, we were just literally printing money that we didn't have. What are we doing to pay for this this time?
1: Uh, yeah, well, quantitative easing was was the Federal Reserve Bank purchasing uh, treasury securities and, and mortgage-backed, uh, securities to, to help deal with the, the fallout from the housing bubbles collapse. But uh, when the federal government spends more than it takes in and tax revenue uh, in a given year, you know, we, we, we call that uh, a deficit. Uh, and so the the national debt is the sum of all previous deficits and on the rare occurrence when it happens, uh, surpluses that are run by by the federal government. And so, you know the national debt's well over twenty-seven trillion dollars right now and growing, um, and you know ultimately uh, that borrowing that debt has to be repaid, uh, and so this is this is a crisis uh, in the making. Um, you know it's not as immediate as is the the, the uh, crisis of that of the recession. Um, that was caused by these lockdowns, but uh it's not a sustainable path uh that that we're on. We can't continue to uh borrow forever. um the 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 debt to GDP ratio, which is uh, analogous, not not identical to a a debt to income ratio for a household, you know, you and i and and people listening, can only borrow so much money uh and that the amount we can borrow is based on our ability to pay it back and so when you're looking at the national economy the ability to pay back debt depends on um the income of the nation if you will which is gdp uh and so now we have record debt to gdp ratio 137 uh, percent uh and and climbing uh you know this uh is something that that can lead to a a debt crisis down the road. Uh, We saw in 2010, uh, Greece, uh, their debt crisis came to a head. Um, They had a a debt-to-GDP ratio of over 185%. Um, But what happens in those instances is there's a tremendous amount of economic pain and dislocation. Um, They saw their pensioners, people who are already retired, uh, having their their pensions cut. That would be the equivalent in the U.S. of, you know, having to tell people who are retired and receiving Social Security that now they're going to get 50 percent less in their Social Security check. Uh, You know, that that is a, a, you know, a tragedy, a travesty. uh, And it's not something that, you know, we want to have to face uh, here in the United States. But, you know, if we don't have a reckoning at some point uh, about spending and the debt, um, this will inevitably come.
0: Well, you use the term unsustainable. We have a new administration coming in. Uh, they are no doubt going to want to put their hands on the economic recovery and are going to want to to take some credit for the economic recovery. Do you foresee in 2021 perhaps a third round of stimulus uh, legislation coming forward?
1: Uh, Well, I think, uh, you know, we we have to get the the complete and and final results of the election and understand, uh, you know, who's who's got control of the the, the three branches of federal government. Um, You know, if (laughs) if Democrats do have uh, control of of the House and Senate and and, uh, the executive branch, uh, then, you know, they're going to be able to push through, um, you know, a, a, a different set of policies. Than would be the case if we've got a if we've got a divided government. So, um, you know, I think we I think we'll know by the end of January where we stand on that. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of discussion in the and you know in, in, during the election process about you know policies like Medicare for all or the Green New Deal, things that have price tags in the tens of trillions of dollars, which of course we don't have tax revenue to pay for, so that, would, uh, that money would be borrowed if they were implemented and would be added on to this existing national debt. Um, so <clears throat> I, I think we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, I think the vaccines were a key hurdle uh, to get over uh, and, and to help the economy, and particularly the tourism sector, uh, see its uh, recovery accelerate. Uh, and, and, and hopefully it'll be the case that, you know, by the time we get into the second quarter of 2021, uh, the economy won't be in need of additional rounds of stimulus. It will be uh, gaining momentum and 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 healing itself.
0: Dr. Sean Snaith, he is the director of the University of Central Florida's Institute for Economic Forecasting. Sean, I really appreciate you coming on and educating us today.
1: Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: So I hope you got a lot out of that. I hope you have a better understanding of how all this uh, federal stimulus stuff works. I'm actually going to have Dr. Snaith come back on in a few weeks, and we're going to do a deep dive on the federal debt, all $27 trillion of it. How did we end up here? Uh, that's going to make for a good show. Uh, I want to take an opportunity to thank you once again for listening to Not in the Mood. Uh, we're seeing tremendous success with the show, and uh, that's d- a direct result of you listening and sharing with your friends. I want to thank you for that. Uh, if you have any ideas for the show, any suggestions, a topic you'd like me to investigate or take a uh, take a look at, feel free to shoot me an email. That's daryl.moody at cmg.com. Again, Darrell.moody at cmg.com. We'll talk to you next week. Definitely wasn't right. I guess it was the was for, for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early